Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. We enter into the week as Linda was talking to us just before we celebrate the greatest day in all of history when Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, rose again from the dead. Victorious over death and the grave. And if you've been in church a long time, you've heard that a lot. But um, I hope that as Eric will be preaching next week, that you're, as you meditate, and we've been meditating in Sunday school, that God will really speak to your heart of the love of God to send the Lord Jesus for us. We've been talking the last two, three weeks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God has gifted you. If you're a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ, when you became a Christian, he sent his Holy Spirit to live in you. And that Holy Spirit has all the gifts. And when he comes into you, he gives you at least one gift. And he gives you that gift so that you can what? Share it with other people. So one of the pictures the Bible says is that you're like a building. And each of you are blocks and parts of that building. You have your part in it. And if you take out a bunch of the blocks, the building will collapse. If is the, the Bible says you're like a body and each of you are different parts in that body. And every part of the body is important. Man, just hit your finger with a hammer once. Your whole body enters into that. Uh, you know, you stub your toe. Uh, your whole body enters into that. You know, you eat too much, whatever. And your whole body enters into that. So last week, we were going through uh, some of the gifts, and there was a, a good long list of gifts, definitions, and certain ways that they were used. Um, I hope that you kept that. I hope you took it home, and I hope that you refer to those scriptures and meditate in them and say, God, what is my part in the body of Christ? Because that is when you're going to be most fulfilled. Listen, when the Holy Spirit supernaturally is using you, when God's mighty hand puts his hand inside you like a glove and begins to use you for what he created you for, you will find a satisfaction, a joy, uh, and, and a sense of meaning like never before. I hope. So many here are already very active in, in the faith and have experienced that. So we've talked about you need to discover your gift. You need to, starts with a D, ends with a P, develop your gift. So say discover. Develop and deploy. Say them all nice and loud. Discover, develop, deploy. That's not the only way to think about it, but it is a way to think about it. Uh, discover your gift. And then develop that gift. You can, if you have the gift of teaching, you can become a better teacher. If you have the gift of mercy, you can find better and better ways to uh, give that mercy. If you have the, the gift of giving, you can become wiser and more discerning on how to multiply the effect of what God has given you. So uh, we, we talked about Romans 12, that these are motivational gifts, that this is a way to think about it, that you have a motivation that will guide you. You'll have a ministry where that's used, and then you'll have a manifestation of how that uh, comes out. So in Romans chapter uh, 12, it says, uh, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, in light of all God's done for you, present your bodies, a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Are you worshiping God day by day? If this is not just a one-time give it to Him. It is 
in, in one sense, it's like there's a one time you get married, but you don't just say, okay, married, done that. No, you then enter into the fullness and greater and greater fullness of relationship and marriage and, 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 and a deeper, deeper fullness. You know, a couple that has been together and that has a good harmony of spirit can just look at each other and laugh sometimes because they know what each other's thinking. They know what each other's feeling. They know, you know, Martha say a lot of times, I knew you were going to say that. And then it's even worse now. She said yesterday, she says, oh, no, I did a Steve. I thought it and said it. Uh, so, uh, so verse 2, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be like jelly poured into a mold and just be like everybody else. But be being transformed, becoming more and more like Jesus. Jesus in the office. Jesus in traffic. Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes you wish you were Jesus in traffic, right? Poof. Nine cars out of the way, gone. Uh, oh, I didn't mean that. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind, the making over mind. Listen, when you become a Christian, Romans 6 says your old nature is taken out. A new nature is put in. You had the pig nature, so to speak, and the cat nature's in. You're different. But you've got to start renewing your mind. Getting rid of stinking thinking and getting your mind renewed by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God. That's why it's so important to read the Word of God and not just read it, to meditate on it, to memorize it. So when you get into situations, you say, nope, God says this. So that you can live out, the renew your mind so you can live out that will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect. That, that, the, the. You've entered into a completeness of mental and moral character. You are a transformed person. You are more and more like Jesus when you walk into the situation. Uh, and, and, and that thought is exciting that we as individuals, as families, and a church, we are the body of Christ. We are to be like Christ going into uh, a situation. Verse 3, for through the grace given to me, through the gifting given to me, through the favor given to me, Paul says, I say to everyone among you, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Don't get too lofty a view of yourself. But then there's other people who have the opposite problem. No, I can't do that. No, I can't. Well, of course you can't. But you can when his hand is in you, right? I can't, never could. But with him. Paul says, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but think so as to have sound judgment. Have an honest self-appraisal, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. God has given all of us some measure of faith. He gives you some faith, gives you some faith. Some people have more faith in a situation than other people have in a situation. But God has given each of us a measure of faith, and we can get more faith. Amen? God wants you to be, what's another word for faith? Trust. Do you trust God? Verse 4, for just as we have many members in one body, and all the members don't have the same function, so we who are many, we, you and me, are one body in Christ. We're part of the same army. We're part of the same field. Part, field. We're part of the same building. We're part of the same body. And individually members of one another. So since we have, verse 6, gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. So God has graced you, favored you in different ways. Kayla is favored in this way. Josh is favored in this way. Henry's favored in this way. All of us are favored by God in different ways for different purposes. And we're going to have different motivations of why we do things. So if you have the gift of prophecy, if you're able to speak the word of God with power, you go into a situation, you know the word of God, you speak it with power and things happen. Wow, that's wonderful. You know, I love to see that happen. When I get to be a part of that or to see somebody else operating in that, I love that. So uh, to the extent that you've heard clearly from God, his message, then that, you know, we call this that we do on Sunday, the message. It's supposed to be what God has spoken into my heart, into our hearts to 
communicate to this body for this day, for this time. So to the extent that you have that word of God, then have faith that it's going to do something according to proportion of faith, the message, and that believers uh, believe God for results from that. Verse 7, if service in his serving. When God gives you something to do, if it's cleaning the bathroom, if it's mopping the floor, if it's fixing the meal, whatever it is that he gives you to do, teaching a seminar, then teach that. Serve uh, as God has given you. He who teaches on his teaching. You know, you, when you are teaching somebody, you want to move them from knowledge. You still with me? To attitude, to behavior. God doesn't want you to be like a tick on a dog. Just getting bigger and bigger. And I'm a bigger tick than every tick on this dog. No. He wants you to be uh, somebody who gains knowledge, changes your attitude, and changes your behavior so that you become a different person. You're supposed to be progressing in the faith, moving from a baby Christian to a reproducing, parenting Christian. So he who teaches on his teaching, he who exhorts, he who encourages, he who is reproving, rebuking, exhort, on his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, giving cheerfully, generously, glad to give, glad to have it to give. And, give, and guess what? If God finds out that you're not a hog, it's mine, 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 mine. That if he finds out that you're willing to be a vehicle, It'll be so much fun. He'll give you stuff to pass on. He'll give you stuff to pass on. And it is so much fun to be able to be a vehicle of God in a situation where you can meet so, and you see tears come to their eyes. You get a genuine hug of joy. Thank you. You do not know how I needed that. You say, well, I just thought God wanted me to do that. Isn't that wonderful? I've been on the receiving end of that. I've been on the giving end of that. That is such a joy. So you can give cheerfully. He who leads with diligence. You can't just hope that it'll happen. You do have to plan. You do have to pull things together. You do have to make a plan. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't just pretend. Oh, hi. I hate him. <laughs> They're such a dweeb. You know. No. Let love be without hypocrisy. Don't be two-faced. Really, love people. And we're going to talk about that. Abhor what is evil. What are some other words for abhor? That's not a word that we use much. So what would be another one? Hate. Loathe. Be disgusted with. Do what? Despise. Yes. The, the opposite of that. Don't, don't love what is evil. Abhor, throw up. Ooh, you know, if you see a dog's dog gag out in the yard, you don't run over and say, "Ooh, wasting good food." <laughs> see, abhor what is evil. That's what the Bible says. Hey, look at that man. We got the nurse over there freaked out now. Yeah, you know, you, you can't even imagine thinking that. Ooh, that's nasty. That's what God says. When you see evil, abhor evil. Grab on to what's good. Don't grab on to what's evil and abhor what's good. We live in a culture that calls good bad and bad good. How do you know? Measure it by the book. Find out what God says. Uh, what you feel is not nearly as important as what is true. Find out what God says. Abhor what is evil. Be disgusted, loathe it, hate it, and cling, value what is good. Verse 10, be affectionately devoted to one another in brotherly love. Uh, I, I just love that. And, and I love this fellowship. You know, to feel that brotherly love as you get to know people, as you go through things here, as we're back there praying for one another, going through, through things together, rejoicing with those who rejoice, weeping with those that weep. Have affection for one another. And uh, give preference to one another in honor. I love that here. You know, in the world, it's step on everybody else to try to get higher. In the kingdom of God, it's he who would be leader of all should be servant of all. And when somebody's going to get honor, 
You should be so excited when your brother or sister gets honored. You should be so excited to say something good about them. I hope, listen, listen, this is your homework. At the end of the service, right now, if, if you were thinking, is there somebody in this fellowship that has meant a lot to you? That God has used them in your life. That they have said something, done something, been something, been an inspiration and encouragement to you. And you've never really said anything to them. You may not even know their name. You know, maybe you say, man, that drummer up there, he just there every single week. And he's not drummer like some of those concerts, beating out everybody else. He just keeps the rhythm. And keeps it, and, and it's there every single week, always with a smile, always working. That that girl playing the keyboard over there—I don't know what her name is. What? Well, maybe you need to go tell her. You know the way you sang that song, the way you did that. Maybe somebody that's greeting you out there. You say, you know, you're here every week, smiling and greeting and being. Thank you. So at the end of the service, I hope maybe you'll find one person and just go to them and say, thank you, thank you for the difference that you make in my life and make here. So prefer one another. Try, you know, it says try to outdo each other in showing each other honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now I have a star by that. Serving the Lord. Everybody say serving the Lord. Lord. Does anybody here know any other human that is perfect? You're deluded. Okay. Uh, no, there's nobody in this world that is perfect. We all have flaws. We all have faults. We all have stuff we could improve on. Something that will set you free is do the right thing to please God. You can always please Him. Do it as an act of worship. Was your husband mean to you? Was your wife mean to you? Was your kid a brat? serve God. Treat them right anyway. Be kind anyway. Do it as an, you know, you could. Uh, sometimes I think mean thoughts, you know, uh, and uh, I'm so glad I'm saved because I'm mean enough saved. It'd be terrible if I wasn't saved. Uh, uh, somebody the other day was being real smart mouth. And there's a real nice little comeback that I'll teach you. It's not very Christian. But it'll make you smile when you think of it. <laughs> I thought, you know, I would engage in a battle of wits with you, but I never attack a defenseless person. <laughs> I just think it and don't say it. <laughs> that way, I don't have to ask anybody but God for forgiveness. But, you know, some, some, sometimes... Uh, when I'm smiling, it's not good. <laughs> I'm restraining myself. So you pray for me. I need it. But we should, in, in, in honor, prefer one another. Not lagging behind in diligence, but fervent. It, the, the word fervent there, you know, it's, it's like boiling over uh, in spirit. There's some people like that, you know, when you're playing sports. There's some people like that. I mean, they are just a ball of energy. And I love this, this church. You know, when we have meals back there, you can just go in that kitchen and there are just people bustling around getting stuff done. The, uh, so many other things that we do. It's just a joy to be around a, a group of people that are fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Do the right thing. As service to God. He will always appreciate it. And there's a reward for it. He says if you give a cup of water to a little child. In my name. There's a reward for that. You may pick up paper in the parking lot. You may uh, have to help some little, little kid in the restaurant. That threw up and helped them. You may have to help somebody else. And it took time. And it took effort. And it interrupted your schedule. Do it as an act of worship to the Lord. Devoted. Serving the Lord. Verse 12. Rejoicing. In hope. Now hope for us is firm confidence. Rejoicing in our firm confidence in God of the future. Amen. Rejoicing with our firm hope. Confidence in God for the future. Persevering. Well cross this one out. Never mind. Persevering in tribulation. We don't want to hear about that do we? Persevere in tribulation. Press on through. 
In the football game, just because somebody hit you, you know, say, oh, go back to the coach. That person tackled me, and I think they did it mean. I think they were trying to hurt me. No. You know? <laughs> In karate, we go back to the corner and say, I think that dude's trying to knock me out. Come teach him a lesson. No, persevere in tribulation. Push through. Go on through. We don't give up. We are God's SWAT team. SWAT stands for special weapons and tactics. We stand, SWAT here stands for spiritual weapons and tactics. When we go into battle, we can forgive. When we go into battle, we can pray. When we go into battle, we have the premises of God. And we can know that things are going to happen in the situation. We don't have to, you know, we can pray for Jelena there. The surgery is coming, but we can pray for her with faith, confidence, knowing that God loves her even more than we do. God loves her more than she loves herself. And God will take care of her. God will help her. And she'll enjoy a good nap. And heal well, we hope. Uh, we pray for. So persevere in tribulation. We're talking about a body of believers. Persevere in the troubles that you're in. Be devoted to one another. Be devoted to prayer. Does prayer matter? Yes. Does prayer matter? Yes. If you don't know that prayer matters, that's a sad place to be in life. You can talk to God. You can hear from God. And he says in James chapter 4, many times you have not because you don't ask. You don't even ask. I could have helped you. I wanted to help you. I would have helped you. Isaiah and Hezekiah came to God and they said, God, there's thousands of people outside our gate. They have whooped everybody all around. And they say they're going to come in and conquer our city and destroy us. And that you can't help us. Oh, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? God says to them, I have it underlined in my Bible. It's special to me. Because you have prayed to me. Watch this. Everybody say watch this. Watch this. He sent one angel. I bet you there were a hundred angels, a thousand angels. Said, Can I go? They said that you can't do anything, God. Oh, my word. If they just knew, they would all faint with fear if they could just see us. God sent one angel down. 185,000 officers. Woke up dead. 185,000 officers. This is not a good day to be an officer in that army. Of course, there's lots of promotions later maybe. And then the general says, don't you tell, don't let Hezekiah fool you and say that your God delivered you. No God's ever delivered anybody. I'll be back. And I've told you before, this is one of my stories. I have LOL in my Bible. He goes home, worships his God, and his two sons come in and kill him in front of his own God. Yes, thank you. I, I laugh too. I just put laugh out loud. Your own God can't defend you there, and you're going to defy the living God. And then it says, be devoted to prayer. Be constantly praying. Be diligent in praying. Be talking to God about everything. Contributing to the needs of the saints. When you know somebody has a need and you know you can do something about it, do what you can. You say, well, $5, that's not going to make any difference. $5 given in love at the right time can be an incredible thing. Uh, I forget if I told you this story or not, but I, I heard of a boy walking with all of his books and some other kids came by him, and they liked to persecute him, so they just knocked him down and knocked all of his books out of his hands. And he didn't say much. He just bent down and started picking them up. And this girl came along and helped him with his books and helped him do that and helped him. I, I, I can't remember if he was going home with the books, cleaned his locker out, or if he was going. But anyway, he told her later, thank you so much for doing that. I was going to commit suicide. That's why I was taking all my books where I was taking them. Because I was going to kill myself. And when those kids knocked them out of my hands, I said, see, nobody cares about you. And you came over and helped me pick up my books. You did a kind thing out of a kind heart. And that gave me hope in life. And as far as I know, that's a, a true story of what happened. You never know how God can use you. So, so uh Contribute to the needs of the saint. Do what you can to help other people. Practice hospitality. Uh, give somebody a ride. Wisely. You know, girls, you don't pick up due to the backpack and uh, 
<laughs> well, yesterday I just drove on by. I'm sorry. I saw a dude down here, and he had a big old dog in the rain. I said, sorry, not doing that. <laughs> I'm only going out to 82 anyway. Uh, not putting a dog, wet dog in my car. Uh, but meet the needs of the saints and practice hospitality. Pursue hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. How do you bless somebody? If somebody's persecuting you, calling you names, saying stuff about you, messing up your work, uh, came over there, uh, messed up your room that you just fixed up. If they are messing with you maliciously and you're going to bless them, how do you bless them? What does bless them mean? Okay, pray about them. I mean, pray for them. Yes, pray for them. What do you pray? Lord, I'm stepping aside. The lightning will be fine right about now. <laughs> you pray for them. So what do you pray? Okay, so God will do something good for them. How do you bless those who are persecuting you? How do you bless the person that's telling lies to the teacher about you? who's lying about you on the job and trying to get you fired. How do you bless the person that while you're getting ready to go to work just walks over there and just stands in front of you and cusses a blue streak? Says you blankety blank 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 blank. How do you bless them? Do what? Pray for them? Do what? Do something good for them. Somebody else did something else? Yes. Hey, he wants to participate. I'll let him participate. Uh, he, that, that's good. What would you do for somebody who's being mean to you? You would really want to do what? Straighten them out, but you shouldn't. This is good. This is why we're at church. Thank you. How many understand and believe that same thing? Yes. Yes, we want to straighten them out, but we shouldn't. So what you can do, what you can do is you can pray, Lord, how? You told me to bless somebody who's persecuting me. How do I do that? Uh, I've told you the story. I, I was up early one morning, 7 o'clock, just putting my tool belt on. We were working on a building downtown Atlanta. And this guy just looked down from up on the platform. Fields, you blankety blank, 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 blank. He said some words. Well, I was kind of shocked because I... I tried to always get along with people. I looked up at him. And his buddy that worked with him says, cuss him back. He said, well, Fields doesn't cuss. That guy said, Fields doesn't cuss. He said, well, I do. And he lit into it, you know, <laughs> and then said, said all kinds of stuff to him. Then I said, Lord, you told me to bless those who persecute me. The scripture came into my mind. I said, how do I do that? And the Lord gave it to me. I looked up at him. I said, you know, you are so good at what you do. You're fast. You do it right every time. I hope one of these days I can be as good as you. Well, it just got real quiet. I got my partner. We went up, started working a little bit. I was working. I was new on the job. We were doing, uh, putting up metal studs and, and framing and stuff. He came over there and said, let me show you something. This is how you can do this quick. Came over. He helped me from then on. From then on. Helped me do that. Now, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes they just hate you. Okay? That's Okay. Bless those who persecute you. Speak something. Say, God, how can I do something kind for them? I, I worked with a lady, and she just hated me uh, at, at our office. We had a Bible study, and she just hated it because girls would lay out of the soap opera and come to the Bible study once a week. And I thought, you know, it doesn't hurt. They just missed one day. So one day we had a, and I knew she loved the corner of the cake because it has more icing on it. So we were cutting a birthday cake, and I knew she was, she was an administrative secretary. She was very busy. So I got that corner piece of cake and a cup of coffee the way she liked it and carried it up to her. <laughs> and it's so funny. I'm coming up the stairs, and my head's poking up. She says, what do you want? And I said, just bring in your, your favorite piece of cake and your coffee. Well, what could she say? I mean, she about died, you know. I set it down there, set it down there, gave it to her. Well, I didn't do it maliciously. I honestly did it because I was trying to build bridges to her. Uh, she emails me every once in a while. She's way off in Pennsylvania somewhere. Emails me every once in a while just to say, how you doing? Isn't that wonderful? That's what God will do for us. Bless those who persecute you. Ask God. Help, help those. Now, does this include your wife? That's not a hard question. Does this include your wife? Yes. Does this include your husband? Does this include your parents? 
Bless your parents when they persecute you, even especially when you deserve it. Bless, do not curse. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. Enter into it, sympathizing love. Be of the same mind towards one another. Don't be haughty in your mind. Associate with the lowly. Hey, y'all, when you go into a room, don't just see who's the most popular person. You see somebody sitting over there by themselves. Go down and sit down beside them. When you see somebody coming to church here, oh, you do not know what it does to me when I see somebody sitting by themselves. I don't like that. You know, uh, I feel bad. You know, when I see that, I usually try to go over and say, do you know anybody here? No. Why are you here? Well, I just felt like I need to come. And I'm praying, oh, Lord, send somebody over here to sit with her. Girls, look for somebody. Sit with them. You know, say, come over and sit here. Sit with us. Oh, I don't need to. I'm fine. Well, I'm not fine. I'm not going to be happy unless you're sitting with us or I sit with you. Is that okay? Do that. Do that. Guess what? Something good will happen. Care about other people. Uh, enter into that. Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Don't be wise in your own estimation. It, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Say that with me. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. One more time. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Because then you're just as bad as them. Respect what is right in, all, uh, in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved. Leave room for the wrath of God. If I, I am going to give somebody a spanking and you are wrapped around their neck and your legs around them like that, what's liable to happen to you when I start giving them a beating? You're going to get hurt. Get clear. Leave them alone. God says, I'll take care of it. But if you get over the right amongst them and you're trying to get your own revenge, you're going to get hurt too. Step back. I tell you, this, are you with me? Yes. This applies in marriage. This applies with children. This applies at work. This applies in traffic. This applies every... Never take your own revenge. Say, God, I trust it to you. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 23, I think it is. Jesus entrusted himself to him who judges righteously. Jesus said, if you let them cuss me, it's okay. If you let them beat me, it's okay. If you let them kill me, it's okay. And because he did that, what happened for us? Oh, come on, help me. He died, rose again, and through his trusting God's plan in the midst of terrible evil, we were redeemed, brought into the family of God, made part of the forever family in Jesus. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Trust him. How many of you have been guilty of saying, Lord, please use me? <laughs> yes, I have to, and I have to repent of that. Uh, verse 20, but if your enemy is hungry, laugh. If he's thirsty, take his coke away. No. Oh. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. What if he's a Muslim? What if he's somebody who's really hurt you? If your what enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty. Give him something to drink, for in so doing, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Now, there's all kinds of debate about what that means. The main thing you need to know is, if your enemy's hungry, if he's thirsty, give him a drink. And God's pleased with that. Verse 21, don't overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, you say, well, why did we do that? We talked about that last week. Because how we behave towards one another, how we love one another, how we act towards one another is what will bring people to Jesus. How we act towards one another affects how the Holy Spirit 
can work in us. Uh, Verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. Verse 6. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In other words, God works through you by His Holy Spirit to help everyone else. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. The, the word of wisdom. Uh, look with me at 1 Kings. Uh, well, no, never mind. I'll just tell you the story. 1 Kings 3.16. You can write it down. 1 Kings 3.16. Uh, Solomon is king. And God has given him wisdom. And two prostitutes who've had babies. Uh, they stay in the same building. And one of them in the night rolls over on her baby and stifles it. And it dies. She wakes up and says, oh, my word. My baby's dead. She goes over and snitches the other woman's baby, puts it with her, and takes her baby and puts it over there. Next morning, the other woman gets up, looks down at the baby. Oh, no, that's not my baby. That's her baby. She says, give me my baby back. Your baby's the one that's dead. And they had a big fuss. Well, they fussed and came before Solomon. And Solomon is there. And one said, and the other one said, and they said, one says, it's my baby. And the other one says, no, it's my baby. The, the dead one's yours. They're both arguing. Solomon says, and they looked at Solomon. He said, okay, quiet. Bring me a sword. I said, a sword? Both mamas paid close attention. Yeah, take that living baby. Cut it in half. Give me half. That'll solve it. The real mama says, no, 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 no. She can have it. She can have it. She can have it. The other one said, fine. Cut the, cut the thing in half. Solomon said, that's the mama. A mama's heart would rather the baby alive in somebody else's home than cut in half. And everybody says, oh, whoa, that was smart. That was a word of wisdom. God gave him a word of wisdom. The gift of the word of wisdom, that's what that is. In a situation, sometimes one of you is going to have the word that is just the right word for that situation. A word of wisdom by the Spirit. He doesn't give that to everybody all the time. He gives it to some people some of the time. Joseph is sound asleep with Mary. Jesus has just been born. They're there sound asleep and suddenly an angel wakes him up. Says, get up, get the baby quickly, head to Egypt fast. Herod's coming to kill every child in Bethlehem. He wakes Mary up and says, Mary, you've got to go. Go where? We're going to Egypt. Egypt? What? I've never been to Egypt. I don't know what. No, come on. Herod's coming to kill the baby. An angel just warned me. He had a word from God what to do in a situation. And you can be prayed. Listen, if we would be have our antennas up, if we would be listening to God, God can direct us. How many of you have felt God tell you what to do in a situation? Oh, and when you learn how to obey that, have that word of wisdom, sometimes somebody will come to you with a word of wisdom in a situation. One time I was driving back with Dalton and a good friend of mine said, you know that decision you've been wanting to do? I never interfere in somebody else's business. It was Ben Kiker. He said, I never interfere in business, but I feel like God's telling me to tell you, don't do that. And I said, awesome. He told me that you would tell me what to do. And I am so happy. Thank you. I just cut it off, quit. Uh, going in that direction. That's a word of wisdom. What a joy to share life together with one another. Uh, uh, like that. Um, in John four sixteen, the woman of Samaria is talking to Jesus. And Jesus is talking to her about life and all that. And he says, uh, go get your husband. Come back here and talk. She says, hadn't got one. He said, well, that's true. Had five. And the guy you're living with now is not your husband. That's a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom there. He said, now. And she was amazed at the evidence of the Holy Spirit working there. Have any of you known that you had a word for somebody from the Holy Spirit to tell them? We have to be careful with that. Be very prayerful. Make sure that you're right. Every time somebody walks up to you uh, and tells you something, does that mean it's from God? Just because they said it was. Uh, Chip Ingram said he was a month before he got married and this woman in their church that they didn't 
he didn't know, walked over and said, may I speak to you, please? He said, well, sure. So they went off to the side. She grabbed him by the elbows and said, I have a word from the Lord for you. If you marry that woman, God will never use you. Your life will be at an end in the service of God. Thus says the Lord. She turned around and walked off. Well, he didn't know her. Seen her at church, but it was a big church. And he says, oh, my word. A month till I get married, what do I do now? So he went and prayed. And that was not the word of the Lord to him. And God used him greatly ever since then. It could very well have been word from the dark side to get him side, sideways, side bound. I don't know. She may have had a daughter she wanted to marry or something. But everybody that says it's a word of the Lord may not uh, be. For uh, verse 7, each one is given a manifestation for the common good. To one is given the word of wisdom. To one given the word of knowledge. Uh, one time the king of Aram, 2 Kings 6, if you want to write this down. The king of Aram, are you still with me? Yeah. It feels a bit hot in here to me. Is it hot to you all or are you all just right? Is it hot? Hot? Not hot? Just turn up the air a little bit, Eric. And you're to blame. Uh, <laughs> um, it's probably... If you put it on 69, it's usually safe. Um, anyway, the king of Aram, he sent his army, said, go down there, the king of Israel. We're going to go down there. We're going to ambush him. We're going to get it. They went down there, and the king of Israel wasn't there. He set up two or three ambushes, and never could he catch the king of Israel there. And so he called his council together and said, okay, you guys, which one of you is a spy? They said, why would you say that? said, well, every time we go to ambush the king of Israel, he knows, and he's not there. Said, no, 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 that's Elisha, the prophet. He knows what you say in your bedroom. Wouldn't that be a scary thought? I mean, that was before you had all these spy, spyware and stuff. Said, he knows what you say in your bedroom. And he tells the king what's going to happen. Oh, well, solution to that, we go get Elisha and shut him up. So they sent the army after him. And they come, and the whole army surrounds his house, and his servant goes out and looks and says, oh, sir, we are in trouble now. The king of Aram's whole army's here and they are mad. Elisha said, don't worry about it, son. We'll be fine. Two of us? Thousands of them? What do you mean? He said, God, would you open his eyes, let him see what I see? And I, I've told you this story before, but it's a story to encourage you this week. We sing the song here, the God of angel armies is always at my side. And he could suddenly see the army of God there. Uh, Elisha says, God, uh, if you're uh, at work in this situation, strike the whole army blind. The whole army struck blind and he goes on working. But he had words of knowledge. He had words to know what was going to happen. He could tell the king, don't do that. Don't go there. Because he was in good communication with God. God didn't tell the king. God told Elisha. And Elisha told him. Uh, in, in, look at John 1, 1 to 3. Look in your Bible. John 1, 1 to 3. I'll show you a word of knowledge for you. John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word, capital W, was with God and the Word was God. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Now, before God, who was there? God's always been. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but there was nobody there. So how do we know that? It's a word of knowledge. It's a word given to us by the Holy Spirit. You have got to learn to depend on the word of God. That is a word of knowledge. So you can have another gift. Discerning of spirits. Uh, the, the next one there. Jesus said in, in Matthew 9.4. To the, the men that were with him there. Uh, why are you thinking evil. In your hearts. In Acts 13.9. Listen. You, you may go someplace. You may be called to Atlanta. You may be called to a meeting someplace. You may be on vacation somewhere. And suddenly something happened and you're in amongst some people. Paul was on, uh, on an island and he was witnessing. 
and God was at work, and there was a man named Elymas there, and he was a sorcerer, and he started contradicting what Paul said. And Paul said to him, you servant of the devil, why are you resisting the word of God and trying to turn this man away from God? You're going to be blind for a while. Boom. God worked. He knew what the man was, knew about him, was able to speak and able to speak a word of power into that situation of what happened. If you would understand that you are a power tool, look at your neighbor and say, you're a power tool. You're a power tool. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Spirit, the very Spirit of God that created the world is in you. And in the situation that you're in, if you learn to hear Him better, if you learn to work in harmony with Him better, no telling what will happen. Amen? We've got 25,000 people in this community that are not really connected to church and to God. And we're saying, oh, Lord, help us touch them. It's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord that we can do that, that God will use us to touch them. So you can have discerning of spirits. So for by one spirit, verse 13, we're all baptized into one body. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into one body. Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we've all been made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, it's not for this reason any less a part of the body. If you say, well, I'm not the preacher, so what good am I? That doesn't mean you're not part of the body. You are part of the body. Find out what God wants to do with you and let him do that in the place that he wants to do that with you. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he has desired. If we're all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members. And the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, or the head to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, it's much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. There's many people in this church that you don't know. Many people who are doing things you don't know about that make this church. There's people back in the nursery. There's people in children's church. There's people uh, that, that are helping do the grounds. There's people that are doing bookkeeping. There's people that are giving. There's people that are praying. There's people that are doing all kinds of things uh, uh, of administration, of helping in this, that, and the other. We're all part of one another. So God has given us, you know, uh, inspirational gifts like prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues. God has given us revelation gifts, uh, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. And God's given us power gifts, faith and healing and miracles. In, the, 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 in Acts eleven twenty eight, there was a man named Agabus, and he came down by the Holy Spirit and said, there's coming a big famine. In Acts chapter 21, verse 8, Agabus came from Judea, and he took Paul's belt, put it around his hands, and said, when you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be put in captivity. How did he know that? By the Holy Spirit. That is a word of knowledge. Uh, so some of the people said, well, don't go. Paul said, no, I'm willing to go to Jerusalem and die if necessary. Uh, God wants to work amongst us and through us. And so I hope that you're available for God to use you the way that he wants to use you. Verse 27, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. God has appointed in the church first apostles. Listen, there's leaders in this country that Chuck Swindoll would be an example to me. Or like Billy Graham. People who have had tremendous leadership across the whole nation. Who, who minister in leadership in other countries even. They are leaders that we all respect and can work with and work for. God has placed apostles. Uh, now the early guys were apostles and they had seen Jesus. But he has given apostles. He has given prophets. People who can speak the word of God and the power of God. Sometimes people who know what God is getting ready to do. And they can warn the church and prepare people. There are teachers. People who can take and organize material and help you to understand it and to know how to live and grow. There are those who can do miracles, healings, helps, administrations. 
various kinds of tongues. Everybody's not an apostle, are they? Everybody's not a prophet, a teacher, or a worker of miracles. Everybody can't have the gift of healing. Not everybody speaks with tongues. Everybody doesn't interpret. But earnestly desire the greater gifts. And somebody tell me what that last sentence says in that chapter. Pardon? Especially, yeah, I show you a still more excellent way. Desire the greater gifts. Chapter 13. I said this to you last week and I want to say this again. Drive it home in your heart. Doesn't matter how wonderful a spiritual gift you have. If you don't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. God says it's nothing. If I can speak with the tongues of men and angels. You may be able to speak in tongues. And feel like you're just in harmony with God. And communication with Him. And it may be amazing what happens when it's interpreted. When you're there. But if you don't have love. You're just like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy, man, I can speak the word of power. People quiver and tremble, cry, repent, get saved. But if I don't have the love of God energizing me for them, it is nothing. I may be able to understand the Bible and tell you the little nuances of meaning and all those kinds of words explain it to you. And you just say, whoa, that's amazing. But if I don't have love doesn't matter. I may have faith and I could go kapoom and the whole mountain moves. You know, Talona is gone. All those houses are crashed out. But if I don't have love with my faith, it's useless. I could give everything I have to the poor and just go live in a tent and surrender my body to be burned. But if I don't have love, it's useless as far as God's concerned. What does this love look like? Ask yourself, am I this kind of a person? Is God's love shining out through me like this in my marriage, in my parenting, in my classroom at school, with my friends, with my enemies? Love is patient. This God kind of love is patient. What is the opposite of patient? Impatient. Impatient, yes. Good. Boy, you've got a good helper there. I tell you what. <clears throat> love is patient. Love is kind. What is the opposite of kind? Mean or unkind. Don't point to anybody. Uh, love is not jealous. Don't need to be. Got the Holy Spirit in me. I got everything I need. Love doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. Doesn't it? It's not rude. It doesn't seek its own. It's not selfish and just care about me. This love of that God's speaking about, doesn't matter how gifted you are, this love that God wants you to have is trying to help other people, trying to bless other people, trying to act appropriately with them. It doesn't get mad quick. It doesn't bear grudges all the time. Um, it doesn't rejoice, verse 6, in unrighteousness, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Verse 7, it bears all things. It, it, it'll take a lot of stress. You know, uh, a, a mama has that with her kids. An, an incredible bearing because of a heart of love. Believes all things. Has that positive expectancy. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love. That God kind of love never fails, never ceases. Prophecy will cease. Tongues will be done away with. But love is forever. And so as we talk about the gifts in the body, uh, uh, we, we need to have this heart of love. If there's knowledge, it'll be done away. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Now, let me say something to you. There are people nowadays who say uh, that tongues is not for today because this passage says that uh, when uh, the Bible is complete, then we won't need tongues. That's not what this passage is talking about. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, 
Think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly. Right now, we, we sort of see the, what's coming, but we can't see very well. But then, one of these days, face to face. When will you be face to face with God? Are you with me? In heaven. You will be with face to face. Now I know in part. Then I will know fully, just as I've been fully known. That's when I get to heaven, not when the Bible is complete. Now, faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. It, it, today, as you walk away, I hope that you will speak to the people around you, that you will tell them uh, about the love that you have for them and how you appreciate them. Verse 39, therefore, my brethren uh, of, of chapter 14, desire earnestly to prophesy, don't forbid to speak in tongues. Let all things be done properly. And in an orderly manner. Do not forbid to speak in tongues. And earnestly desire that you can prophesy. Let me just read two verses. Then I'm going to stop here. Uh, in chapter uh, 12. Uh, the last verse. Says. Earnestly desire greater gifts. 13. Chapter 13 says. Put it all in love. Chapter 14 verse 1 says, pursue love yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you can prophesy unless you're speaking in tongues with an interpreter. Now I gave you a list of, uh, of a lot of the gifts last week. What gifts do we not have in this fellowship that you can think of? Raise your hand if you can think of one. You don't know anybody that has that particular gift. Got them all? Yeah. Yes, Linda. The gift of healing. Now, we pray for healing. We've experienced God at work. But I don't know anybody in this fellowship that I know for sure has the gift of healing. Yes. Courtney. What? Yes, there's, uh, we don't have it expressed here in the public assembly, but we do have people who have the gift of tongues, and uh, uh, we have not exercised that in groups, uh, but there's two tongues like we talked about last week. There's languages that you can have that help you speak to somebody, a language that you've never known. Then there's the tongues that you speak between your spirit and God. And if that's exercised in the assembly, then there's supposed to be an interpreter that tells us what is said. So uh, I think there are people here who have that, but we, they just don't, haven't used that here yet. Uh, but that is another gift. What's another gift that, pardon? Miracles. I mean, uh, Just seeing something remarkable happen, a miracle. You know, like when they threw that body on top of Elisha's bones. The dude is dead, and then he jumps up and chases them over the hilltop. Because they really moved fast when they saw him come alive. Uh, you know, uh, miracles. We, we don't... Now, our desire with all gifts is to honor and glorify God, and then to bless the brothers and sisters. So I prayed that all of us come with a greater love for God, a greater love for each other, and then it says pursue earnestly the greater gifts, the things that will help everybody more. Will you enter with me into praying for God to give us the gifts that we need? Maybe, listen, listen, when Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians, what city was he writing to? Ephesus. When he wrote to Philippi, he's writing to the church at that city. In the church at Gilmer County, in the church in Gilmer County, there's several churches here of brothers and sisters. God may not give the gift of healing in this church, but if I know somebody in the other church has the gift of healing, guess what I'm going to do? Go over there. God may give us a gift here that they have to come to us. And we were, but we're all part of the same body, part of the same army, part of the same platoon. And God says, earnestly desire the greater gifts so that you can minister to one another. So that you can help. Wouldn't it be sad 
for God to say, well, I had the gift of healing to give you, but you never came to get it. You didn't come to pick it up. You didn't desire it earnestly. Earnestly desire the greater gifts. And they're greater when they can be used to bless the brothers and sisters more to the glory of God and attract people to Jesus. Amen? Father, I pray that you would help us now as we go from this place. You've called us to do the impossible. You've called us to change the world. You've called us to pursue your kingdom first. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. If you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.